Hi, this is World Sluts, a skating podcast. Whether the ice is your element or your best times are rolling on concrete, this is your space to find the stories of your fellow skaters and share yours too. Discover what made them start, what kept them going and how skating shaped their life journey. And if you want your story to be featured, please get in touch at worldstuluts at gmail.com. We're always on the look for new inspiring journeys. Happy listening! Hey skaters, welcome back to Waltz to Lutz. I'm your host Julia and today I have a long episode for you. So we actually had to split it in two parts. But before we dive in, I've got an announcement to make. We have partnered with Frozen Couture to give all Waltz to Lutz listeners a discount code. So if like me, you're finally going back to the ice after a few months off and you're looking for new fashionable training gear, look no further. Frozen Couture has just launched a new awesome collection called Marilyn, but they also still stock all of their classic, like their unisex crash gear. You can get 12% off your order with the code WALTS2LUTS at checkout on frozencouture.com. So be sure that is your next stop. You will find all the details and the discount code on the description of this episode. So today we are going all the way to the Dalarna region in Sweden, where I temporarily live during the winter. I met today's guest once again through social media, when she saw one of my videos skating in one of the beautiful outdoor rinks that the region offers, and decided to invite me for a training at the club she coaches at. And I can guarantee that was one of the best experiences I had on the ice in a very long time, and you'll find out why. We talked about so many things that even after editing, we had to keep two parts. So in today's episode, we talk about fostering the love for skating in a world where there is no patience for anything else than perfection. We talk about the warmth, willingness and friendship values that are the foundations of our club. The responsibilities and the compromises that come with being a coach and finally the process of evolving as a skater through adulthood. So ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to introduce coach, choreographer, historian and as I like to say, all-round hardcore Swede, Beatrice Harjefeld. Hey there, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. I was really happy when you, because it was uh, a while ago now since we talked. I'm good, thank you. Great. Um, and you were one of the other guests that I was really looking forward to have on because um, we're going to talk more about it later. Um, but because of your vision and the vision that, you know, um, I had the chance to experience skating with your club. Um, which I don't think many other clubs are really um, practicing. So yeah, uh, really excited uh, and yeah, really stoked to have you on the show today. First thing first, uh, would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Beatrice and I've been skating since I was six years old. I started in uh, 1999. Uh, it was uh, me and my younger sister. We are quite close in age, so we started about the same time, and uh, I competed uh, until I was 23, um, and I did, uh, I practiced, I did doubles, and I practiced triples, and I've been, uh, since uh, 2011 now, I've been a coach, since I graduated high school, basically, which was in uh, 2011, and I, I think, I, I've been thinking about this when you asked me to join the show, like introducing myself, because I... I felt like I always wanted to be a coach. That was really something that um, I felt from a young age, that I, I didn't want to be a judge, I didn't want to be something else, I wanted to be a coach. That was really 
really important for me that I felt that. And um, to the, today, I I still feel the same. Like being a coach is my core, so to say. It really is uh, what I want to do because I'm interested in technique, but especially in strengthening the skaters. Especially since we have a lot of girls in this sport, it's really important for me to strengthen the skaters in themselves. Yeah. So to say. Yeah. That that sounds great because I don't think many people uh, have these kind of calling from a very young age as a coach. Like many stumbled upon a coaching career once they yeah. um, once they stop um, competing because there's just no other choice or like there's limited choice, let's say. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's really great. And I think it, it shows in your way of coaching. Uh, I had the pleasure of being coached by you for a short oh, while. So, yeah. So uh, as a for a bit of context, um, I met Bea uh, via Instagram, uh, as usual, as it happens. <laughs> but uh, basically, I was in Sweden. I hadn't been skating for uh, for a while. And I just happened to uh, discover um, an ice rink, a bandy rink, actually, um, in Carsby um, Hayden, which is a tiny, I, I would say, village. Um, in Dalarna, it, is it a village actually? I, yeah, I, it is a village. Yeah, exactly. And that was amazing. Like I took a couple of spins, and I just I was just having a great fun. And after a while, I got a message from uh, Bia, and she told me she had seen my videos and she wanted to invite me to a training session. So I was really excited because like I, I had never been to a training session in, in Sweden. So um, yeah, I remember going, and I came out, and I was so. Um, reinvigorated because not only you know I participated to the full training session like with skaters that are actually competing um but I also had the opportunity to um I don't know to feel the love again and to feel what it is to be a skater that puts all that effort on the ice without having to you know to bring the result on a competition level I would say and who doesn't need to uh, give up because she's an adult, because that happens all the time. So I don't know. It was a really nice feeling. And I think one of the other things that really stuck with me was that at the end of the session, um, Yubea asked us, um, so what is one of the things that you're most proud of um, today? And everyone in circle had to um, to say a thing that they were proud of. Yeah. And I think that's such a tiny thing, as in like, it's a tiny, um, a tiny tweak that everyone could do to their training uh, but it's so important because it brings the focus to okay maybe the training was not what I wanted it to be but there is something that yeah. I must be proud of and yeah I really loved it so I would like you to yeah just um, explain to us what is the vision of your club and how that came together um, where that fits in um, so yeah just like yeah. a bit of that really. So uh, no, so the vision of our club um, I haven't been there for such a long time. This is my uh, second season in the club. The The club has three, like, not code words, but um, words that everything in the uh, in the club should um, focus on. Like, okay. everything, this should um, influence everything in the club. Uh, okay. and, the, and those words are, in Swedish, which in English is warmth like warmth uh, of the skaters, warmth that it should be a warm environment for everyone to come in into. Uh, it should be, will- it is willingness that you mm-hmm. should want to skate. You should want to be there. You should want to prepare for competitions. You should want, you you have to want to, well, make results if you want. What you want is the most important thing. Um, and if you don't want to compete, 
that's fine. The willingness of the skater for what they want to do is the important thing. And the last thing, and the last word is, of course, friendship. So friendship uh, is, is also focusing on that. We, don't, we, don't, we try not to split up groups that have been skating for a long time just because some of them have progressed maybe a bit longer than others yeah. or, um, or vice versa. Uh, we try to keep the group together. Sometimes we do, of course, a bit of um, adjustment in the group. So um, maybe someone needs more of a challenge and someone doesn't, or vice versa. Um, so we we do that, of course, but we also we focus on friendship and also with the groups that we are actually one single group. We are in in the end, even though we have like practicing groups and training training groups on different sessions, we are one group. We are one skating club, and we should be friends with everyone. Try to be friends with everyone. Yeah. Um, we always respect one another in that sense. Whatever level you are on, important to know, whatever level you are on, you're always welcome into the club. And as you said, with adult skaters, whatever age as well. We have had um, skaters who have started to skate uh, when they were teenagers. For example, we have we have um, beginners groups for skaters that are 14, 15 years old, and also, of course, we have the adult skating as well, adult skating group with um, with skaters that have been skating before when they were younger, but also completely beginners, and that is amazing to train those those skaters. Also, it's a challenge because they want to know everything. Children mm-hmm. are a bit more like. They, they trust what you say. They trust that you know what you're doing. But the adult skaters, they want to know why they should do something. And even though I try to teach that to the kids as well, it's something that you really, you practice that when you work with the adult skaters. You are reminded that I need to explain why we're doing this. Because it's much more important if they know why they are doing this. Yeah. So that's really good about the adult skaters. And, um, and also the joy in the adult skaters, especially now with the with the, the coronavirus, because then the adult skaters in Sweden has haven't be, haven't been able to practice um, in the inside rink. They've been practicing outside, but now for like two months they are out. Well, not two months, maybe one and a half. Um, the outside rinks has been closed. Mm-hmm. They have been closed, so uh, they have not been able to skate for a long time now. But before that, just seeing the adult skaters skate and the joy of starting to skate when they are in adulthood. Like, I've been skating since I was six. For me, skating is my whole life. But being able to bring that passion to one that hasn't been skating their whole life. I, th- I think that is what I'm trying to get to is it's amazing to see that you can spread that passion to any people at any age. And that, I think, what is what uh, our sport should do. That is how our sport should be evolving. Um, and um, it is how, uh, how, the sport, yeah, how the sport is going to move forward and becoming also more of a household name in general. Because in Sweden, figure skating aren't that big of a sport. It isn't. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty big sport for girls, I think, uh, uh, on the winter like as a winter sport it's grown in the past few years but um well look, looking at the newspapers there's not that much attention uh, world championships were in sweden yeah. just a couple of weeks ago and there wasn't much attention to that either 
like uh, except for in um, in my circles, of course, where yeah. where there was like a big thing, but um, but not like in the Swedish media in general. But I think that is because it doesn't involve skating, doesn't involve all kinds of groups in society, like football, for example. Yeah. But do you think, um, obviously, that's, you know, your club um, has, has got this vision and this amazing, like, way to organize trainings. Uh, but in your experience, is this something that is um, pretty peculiar to your club and a few others? Or is it something that is, like, Sweden-based? Because I could never find something like that. So I'm wondering whether it's a cultural um, thing or if it's, you know, something that is just your club and a few others, really. A difficult question, I would say. Um, there are different clubs for different results, I think. Um, I think more clubs are going in this direction. I, I, I definitely hope that they do. Uh, the clubs that I have been working in before um, and working in now, like uh, exter external clubs, except for my own, um, they are working more in that direction, and maybe that is why I choose to work there, but um, I think it's a bit of a way in the Swedish culture that, that uh, it's becoming more focused on what the children want, mm -hmm. uh, that I think it has become more of a thing in the, in the past 10 years, basically. I think, to be honest, that figure skating is still behind in that sense, also in Sweden, uh, very much, uh, quite a bit so. Um, There was a bit of a discussion um, last year about this um, in the Swedish figure skating community. And I hear different stories from different clubs, so to say. But I think that it is something that more clubs should be working on, especially if they want to survive. So it's important to have as many skaters as possible in the club to be able to progress but also like you can't have a you can't have a, a an elite level in the club yeah. if you don't have the beginners as well and a lot of beginners you need to have and you don't and you don't know who which skater is gonna be is gonna progress to like a really high level you don't know that not from a young age absolutely not um, you start to see the results if they're working hard they can They can get to anywhere. So you, there was one coach I heard um, recently in a um, in a digital um, in a digital session. Was talking, I think it was Corey Aid in uh, mm -hmm. the U.S. Uh, who uh, was um, coaching Jason Brown for many years. Yeah. He said that uh, you should look at every skater like it's the next world champion. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great quote um, that you. And, and especially, like, you don't know which skater is going to stay. You don't know which skater is going to be your right hand later as a coach. You don't know. You, don't, you have no idea what's going to happen. It should be so uh, obvious that you should respect every single skater and where they want to go. And respect that if they don't want to compete, if they don't want to do this and that, fine. Let them do that. You can always... Um, encourage them to compete. You can always say, I think you can do this. Explain why you think this is a good idea. Keep pushing skaters. If they say no, ask why they say no. So you don't leave it. That, that's important for me. Like, 
don't completely leave it. Ask why they feel that way. Always get back to why do you feel that way? Why is this something you don't want to do? It's okay that you, if you don't want to do this, but I want to know why. So I can explain why I think this is a good idea. So they get my perspective as well. That's why I'm a coach. Because I am there to give them perspectives. I am there to coach them to reach their goals. So that's why I need to know how they feel and why they feel that that the way they do. Yeah, no, and I feel like um, it's really important to foster uh, the love for skating because, as yeah. you said, uh, there's late bloomers as well. So you never know who is going to be one of them. And I remember that one of my uh, closest friends was like a bomb. Like she was amazing as a skater since she was six. Like she would jump axes that were like a meter high. Um, but she left uh, as soon as she turned 18 because she hated it. Like she hated the pressure and she was pushed by her parents um, and she never like learned to love the sports or like she was never like directed towards that, you know, like it was all yeah. results oriented and that broke her. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a missed opportunity because she could have gone places. And so that's where I think it's really important because skating historically is a very um elite sport um so it's not really inclusive it's um still i don't know um it's still uh, related to a certain body type at least mm -hmm. but th there are many coaches that tend to ex exclude um certain body body types from skating so yeah i feel like gearing towards the love for skating is the winning solution because you keep in mind um the skater's point of view. No, I, I totally agree with you. Like I'm, I said before, I talked about football, like being something that um, involved in the news and in the media is often you talk about football. And of course, they are also athletes on an elite level. Like, of course they are. Um, and they really do. But I think about girls and boys and and others that is playing outside, uh, outside on the fields outside their house. That the the ones that are just I I feel like I see football everywhere, yeah. and of course we have skating which is depend it's depending on if you have ice or not, but like this during this cold winter where you could basically have ice in your backyard, yeah. and and some people had ice in their backyard because they they couldn't skate in the in at the ice rinks so they created the ices in their backyard instead to skate. And the, the, their state paid the price for it, but they still did. And that is something I feel like that is the way to go forward, that you can skate everywhere. Like one of the things that I love doing maybe most of all is going to like open skate sessions where, mm -hmm. they, where you have um, skaters with parents, you like, like really young kids, who just skates for fun. Like, it's not figure skating, it's skates for fun. And uh, I love, this is of course before uh, COVID, but I love going there and being, you know, the ice princess a little bit. Like going there, showing off the skills, and suddenly you have 10 children around you just standing there and being like wide-eyed. And I am a bit of a show-off, so I love that, of course. But it was also like, and then you see a little, a little kid trying to spin a little bit further yeah. away. And I love going there and just say, try this and try, try that. And that was really good. Good job. High five. I do think that made that kid's whole day, probably. Um, 
what I mean is that we need to have those role models out in society in general to be able to attract skaters also in all ages, in all genders, in all all classes in society. Like you said, it is an expensive sport. It really is. But if you can still try to bring out the love for skating and uh, with the the, um, the opportunities that people have, then yeah. then you have come somewhere. I feel for, for my club, the next step for my club is, I would say, like um, um, children and, and adults, of course, but especially children with, um, with the disabilities is something mm-hmm. that I think would be the next step for, for our skating club to work with and, uh, and offer. Um, we are at the moment offering a lot, and it's been um, it's been difficult during COVID to keep it all together. Um, especially for like for me, it's been especially difficult with together with my coworkers that we have been planning for something with COVID, and we've been really putting our all our energy into that, and then something happened with COVID and the new restrictions or something, and then we have to plan again. And then it happened again, and then it happened again. And that was really stressful, and it's been, I've honestly been quite a wreck during it as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's been difficult. But the thing that has been driving both me and my co-workers through this, I think, is both our own joy for skating, but especially seeing the joy in the children, that they can still be on the ice, despite it all. Because for our skaters, I think, um, um, now I'm speaking for all of them, but I think many of them, that skating and figure skating in the ice rink has been their only way to get away from COVID, from the world situation, for just an hour. And then they can get back to it, if that's the case. Um, So with COVID having uh, an effect clearly on your club and its programs, so how did you get around that? Because I knew that, for example, um, you started training more outside, but was that something that you would do normally? Because I remember like participating in the training and it was minus 13 at night. It was amazing. But, you know, that's something that you have to be willing to do both as a coach and as a skater. Uh, but yeah, w- was it something that you used to do during the winter anyway? Or was it just COVID related? Yeah, no, that was not, not something we did. Not at all before this. No, um, it was a new experience, like skating outside. That was the only way we could offer the skaters to be on ice. Um, so that was the way to go, basically. Um, it was better to be on any kind of ice than not be on ice at all in that sense. Um, for me as a coach, it was, <laughs> let's say that it, uh, of course, it was, I was happy that the skaters could be on ice, really happy about that. But in the beginning, I felt like I did not sign up for this. <laughs> it was uh, when, uh, when the rain was pouring down and it was uh, minus, still minus uh, one and uh, and the skates were wet like um, like from the rain and from the rain on the ice. And some skater fell and like took a bath on the ice as well, basically. Um, that, that was, of course, in the beginning. It was a bit surreal, to be honest. But then also we had those, especially in Carlston, when we, where we met you, we had those beautiful outside sessions. And yeah. especially where, where we could have uh, music as well. It felt like skating in a fairy tale many times. So uh, I think it was um, I think it was an important 
um, experience for the skaters as well. Um, especially when they are used to skating inside and everything, that um, I think they appreciated skating inside much more after they had uh, gone through what they had to go through to be able to skate. Um, I remember the first time we got back on in the in the inside rink in Bålänge, and one of the skaters is like, she's 10 years old. She said, it's so hot in here, she said. And it was like, you know, our usual uh, 10 degrees. Uh, I felt yes, it, it was a, yeah, I said, it, it's really hot, I said. And uh, she said, yeah, it's like on the Bahamas, she said. It's warm <laughs> like on the Bahamas. And I looked at my co-worker and I said, yeah, she's Swedish, all right. <laughs> she definitely, <laughs> she said, but, but she was, um, she, that was something that struck with me, that they became much more appreciative of being inside. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like with everything with COVID, it has opened up. We have we have been able to to work in a way that we wouldn't have done otherwise. I would say, like, which is a positive thing because we have found solutions that we wouldn't have found otherwise. And skating outside is something now that we see as an opportunity to get more ice ice time because uh, that is something that the club is still struggling with: is to get enough ice time for all the skaters that we now have. We have still the same ice time in Bålänge that the, that the skating club had 10 years ago, but they have basically so much more skaters now that it started to get a bit crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have realized that maybe skating outside once a week or dur- during the winter, the winter period is an opportunity to get more ice time and, uh, and also a bit more space for the skaters, especially the younger ones or, or the beginners in general. I am... I am grateful for that, that we got that experience. I would not want to do it again <laughs> with COVID, <laughs> not at all. But oh, yeah. uh, I'm grateful that we found that we had opportunities to find new ways to um, still keep the club going. And in that sense, I'm also very grateful for the hard work that everyone in the club put in so that the skaters could still skate. That I'm really grateful for. Yeah. But I remember when uh, we were having the first session and I think like just a few hours earlier, it had rained badly. And I'm like, hey, Bea, but is it still going ahead even if it's raining? And you were like, yeah, yeah, it's still going ahead. And I'm like, wow, these hardcore sweets. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was feeling so like, okay, maybe I'm like the one being just scared off. But yeah, and it was absolutely amazing for me. Um, I wasn't... I hadn't skated outside uh, at all, I think, or maybe when I was really tiny. Um, And the atmosphere is great. Obviously, you know, like there's atmospheric conditions and the ice might not be um, the best condition because, you know, just like weather and stuff. But the, I don't know, the rink, that rink was magical to me. And also, you know, the entire training session. And I remember one of the things that I forgot to mention earlier um, is that at the end of the session, you also have those five, 10 minutes of improvisation where the skater connects uh, with the music and can bring out, you know, what they have to give. And I think that's such an important um, thing to integrate to trainings as well. Um, is it something that you do for every training, even inside? Uh, not, not every practice, but uh, we have tried to incorporate that into our sessions uh, more and more, um, especially during the this spring. We have tried to work more with improvisation also because they have 
the teachers have say, that said, many of them, that they think it's fun, that it's an opportunity to express themselves. And it's also a good, a good way to end the session because they are quite tired and so on. But you always have um, energy for improvisation, trust me, I know. So it's, um, it's something that um, it's a good ending to the session, to just like bring out the joy for skating. So, uh, like I said, not something that we do every practice, but we have started to do it more now. Um, and it's also something that I would have loved to do more when I see it myself, because uh, at the moment I still go on, uh, ever since I stopped skating in 2016, or well, I stopped skating to, like, to get better, so to say, I, I stopped doing my, my seven to nine hours a week that I did then, and just doing one time a week just because I thought it was fun. Um, I still go on, like, if I have the opportunity, 10 minutes before the skating session and just skate 10 minutes for myself before the skaters go on. Um, I do that also now when I have the opportunity and I feel, I feel ready for it. My, my body has been a bit sore for the, for the past couple of the months. But um, that, that is also for me to, if I have a bad day or I feel down in any sense, it's for me also to remember why I myself love skating. Because it's, it is that that made me fall in love with skating, that I could express myself as a person and as an artist in a way, because I love, I love creative work in general. Um, but uh, as an artist uh, on the ice, th that is something that, that I feel is why I love figure skating so much, because it's, like I said, it's so much. It's so many different pieces. It's art. It's athleticism. It's all everything combined into one, and it's something. It has something for everyone. If you think about it, it has something for everyone, which is why it's such a shame that some people people are excluded from skating. If you're not 15 and a girl and you weigh like one pound, basically, you know what I mean? Like it, because figure skating has something for everyone to do. Um, and when I skate for myself, I remember that, that I love skating because I can express myself. And um, also when, like I said, when I'm feeling down or I've had a bad day or there's something on my mind that I just feel to need to get out, I go and skate those 10 minutes beforehand. And sometimes I feel like I've been crying the whole time. I've been skating those 10 minutes. But then I'm ready to go and be, be, be uh, the, the coach so to say, then I'm ready to be myself again. So in that sense, uh, figure skating has also been a bit, uh, it's my therapy. And that is something that I want to bring to our skaters, that figure skating should be their way. They, they are there on their spare time. It's their spare time where they, where they have chosen to do this sport. They should feel good when they are on the ice. They should always feel like they can go and that go to the ice and there is where they can be themselves. It's where they can express themselves. If they don't feel good, that can be a way to escape for just an hour if that's what they need, how life is otherwise. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, 
because it's their spare time, it's really that is something that um, uh, our club has been working very much on. That they are there on the spare time, and that's why it's so important that we take care of them when they are there, because they choose to be there. Sometimes uh, within skating, I still feel like the, the coach has a lot of power. Like I said before, with great power comes great responsibility. I need to do a good job so that they love skating and want to stay. They don't need me. Well, they do in the, if they want to be good at skating. Of course, they maybe need me, but especially I need them. And it's, um, it's, it should be that relationship that if you trust me, I trust you. Yeah. How do you feel it's evolved, this relationship, um, if it has evolved at all? Because I, I think we come from the same generation of skaters, which went through the, um, the change to the new system, the new judgment yeah. system, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't very polished or anything. And right now there's a lot of focus on getting points and I feel like that has become not only a focus of the coaches and the skaters but also the parents but do you feel like there's been this switch as well um, in Sweden or like since you skated? I uh, I totally agree with you. Um, I've also felt with the new judging system and I like you I was still quite young when the system changed so I've seen like how it has progressed uh, I don't know about the parents. Um, I don't have that kind of um, experience, so to say. Uh, but I know that in other clubs they have parents that are like really competitive, and maybe that is also because of the judging system. But what I felt, especially during the past two years when I've started to work in our skating club here, no, I noticed skaters from other clubs and skaters in general. There's so much focus on perfection everything should be perfect there's they have no patience for anything else for progress or seeing especially seeing their the small steps that they do to reach their goals it's the goal or nothing basically and i felt that especially this summer i was working with a um, couple of skaters uh, who was 10 or 11 years old um, really a pair of skaters that I felt like, oh, they can really progress, like, um, they, they can get really good. But they were so negative about themselves. Mm. So negative. And I was honestly a bit shocked. Like, you're 10 years old. Come on. You can't know everything. You, you have just started, for God's sake. You, you, you are still working on stuff. And there was one of these skaters who uh, she tried double loops, was a bit scared of double loops, um, and then she did it on one foot. The rotation wasn't uh, wasn't complete. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But she did it on one foot. She had never done that before. And at first, she was smiling, and I was like, "Really? Yeah, good job, great." And then her face fell, and I asked her, "What? What? What is it? You did a great job." Yeah, but it wasn't fully rotated. Oh, God. And I said to her, like, but you did it on one foot. I don't care if it's fully rotated. You did a progress. Next time, maybe it is fully rotated. But that is then. Now we should be happy that you did a progress. Now we can move on forward. 
that is something that I noticed so much that there, it, it's so much focus on perfection that everything that isn't perfection is not counted as as good. It makes sense for the elite, but not so much for kids. I think kids, you know, have a margin for improvement and they need to be encouraged. So, yeah, see what you mean. They have margin for improvement. Exactly. That's why you're kids. Like yeah. they, they can't know everything. And I don't, I'm not saying it is that way, but I think it has a bit to do with with the Russians and um, the, the skating, the amazing skating that the Russians are bringing forward at a very young age. But they also have different training opportunities than our Swedish people have. They also have um, another way of pushing the skaters to get to that level. And I don't know sometimes if it's worth it to get to that yeah. level. Because I would like to foster skaters that start from a really young age, if they do, start from a really young age. And when they are adults, like myself, they should still be loving skating as much as they did when they started when they were six years old. And they should still be wanting to skate. Yes. If those skaters have basically killed their love for skating at the age of 15 or, well, 18, which is like, you know, the usual age when things are starting to change, it's not worth it. They should love skating their whole life. Then we have done our work right. And if they do, I, I fully believe that if they do love skating and want to be on the practice sessions, if they have the motivation, then the results will come as well. Yeah, 100%. And going back to uh, keeping your love for skating uh, through adulthood, how did you keep yours? Because, you know, sometimes you tend to lose focus, I guess, once you're, uh, you're maybe facing a time of your life where other things come into factor, like, I don't know, studies, and then there's work. And sometimes there's a bit of a heartbreak because I think we all experienced, you know, some kind of heartache with skating for different reasons. So how did you keep that going? I think my love for skating is, um, it's, ba it's based much in um, when I was a teen, if I, I, if I begin there. Um, skating was my, my safe heaven. Skating were, was where I could be myself, and um, I kept loving skating, especially because I also felt like I got better and better. Mm -hmm. I really felt that, because I was, as you say, a slow burner in that sense, like a late bloomer is the word, of course. Um, and I felt like I got better and better all the time, and that, I think, was important for my, my skating journey, that I felt like I, I had always room for progress. It didn't stop. I could always progress further and further. When I was, um, after I was, um, uh, I had a really good season in 2011 and 2012 where I performed really well at the competition, like really well. And um, after that season, I started to, I started to feel much more pressured on the competition. Because of that I had a good season, I felt the pressure, like, I need to live up to this now. I really need to live up to this. And that a bit killed my love for, for competing. I was always nervous at competitions. I couldn't really... I was tired of that pressure that competitions brought with it. Yeah. Um, but I still love skating. So the, the, um, 
the season after that, I competed two times instead of like the seven or eight I had done up to, um, until that point. But I and the and the season after that, I didn't compete at all. And then the season after that, I competed one time, and that was my like last competition. I kept practicing because I wanted to get better. I still kept practicing, but and competitions was never something that um, that I needed competitions to to keep myself motivated to progress. But that is just me. I know many skaters that would not have that needed competitions to keep um, to keep their mo- motivation up. But then I can say that when I had my last competition in 2016, um, even though the result of that competition, especially in the free program, wasn't maybe what I exactly wanted. I can say that I was never in better shape than, than I was then, when I was 23 years old and did my last competition. Before that, that was also the goal, that I would go into that competition and be so fully prepared that I could possibly be and just do and skate and compete because I love skating and that I like to compete. And I was really nervous, and that there was difficult that competition as well. But I'm still really happy that I did. After that competition and that season, when I I quit skating, so to say, because I started to um, study a master's degree, so I didn't feel like I had um, had that much time to keep progressing. I was a wreck basically the last uh, few months of the of the um, season before that because I thought that when I stopped. When I stopped practicing my like quite a lot each week, I would lose everything. I thought mm-hmm. that that I I I won't be able to do that that last practice that season. I thought like this is the last double I've ever go I'm ever gonna do in my life, and I was a total wreck, total wreck. And then the season after, when I was just like veteran training, like just adult skating basically, I felt for some reason still that I still got it. I still do my double lutzen. I still do it. And um, that, that was a relief for me and maybe grew my love of skating even more. During that first year after I had, I had quit my, my, my basically my skating life, so to say, I did at the veteran practices each week, I wanted to do a choreography, a one-minute choreography with different uh, themes uh, that I practiced and that I recorded. And that I posted on Instagram. That was like the um, my goal for each session, each session that I would make a choreography. So that that really taught me more about choreography. I learned a lot as a choreographer from that experience, just like choreo- choreographing for myself. And especially, it kept my love for skating going even more. Like, oh my god, I can do these things that I didn't know that I could do, and I discovered myself even more as a skater of when I was just coaching myself, so to say. I had, I had the, uh, the background and everything that I'd been taught from my coach, but when I started to just practicing skating because I really loved skating, I also felt that I am evolved as a choreographer and as a coach, and I tried new things. That is why I think it's so important to try to keep skaters, keep skating into adulthood. Because it's after, when you are after 20, that's when you realize what you're doing. Before that, you don't realize what you're doing. It's then that you start thinking for yourself and you can evolve and you, 
dating becomes not something that you are only taught, but something that you teach yourself. I remember um, thinking to myself when I started skating again, like I had to stop for a bit because I was doing uni and I started coaching. But then because I was coaching and I was learning so much about biomechanics and stuff, then I got back to skating for a, for a bit for contracts. And I'm like, I wish I had the brain that I have now and the knowledge I have now and the fearlessness that I had back in my teens to try my all my triples because like at that time I was just like going around and doing stuff. But you know, you have the guidance of your coach, but you don't really, it doesn't really click. At least it didn't for me. Um, not really, not as much as when you are coaching or when you are, you know, when you have that knowledge for yourself and you're applying that. Um, so I totally relate to that. And I totally relate to uh, the importance of keeping going through adulthood because that's when the best of your skating years might come. Yeah. And staying into that um that topic is are there any plans to have like adult camps um with the borlange and falun um club yeah yeah we, we have some of the uh, adult skaters that are competing uh, in smaller competitions in um, around in sweden now of course during covid it hasn't been competitions at all but uh, i know many of them have talked about that they want to compete again when they can skate again and um they have actually talked about going to, I don't know the name of it, but it's quite like a large adult competition in Berlin. Was it Oberstdorf? Uh, which is yeah, like the it's Oberstdorf. Games. Yeah, yeah, it's Oberstdorf. Where they, they said that they, when COVID has lightened up and the world has gone back to some kind of normal, they want to go there and compete. And I actually told one of them that uh, if you are doing that and I'm coming with you, then I'm going to compete as well at that competition, I said, yeah. So uh, it's a bit for me also to like have a goal to, to looking forward to as well. And just going to skate and compete because I think it's fun. Yeah. So we, we are working on adult competitions more and more. And I feel like our skating club has a bit pushed that actually because I know a lot of competitions that we have been to with our young young skaters that... Uh, that um, haven't had adult classes, but we have asked that can you put in an adult class at this competition so our adult skaters can go as well, and they have done that. So um, I'm really happy about that, that we are there to push also adult skating forward. And uh, um, a really good story that we have one adult skater, like a really inspiring story also that we have an adult skater who has been doing competitions and so on. And she skated when she was younger, but, but picked up skating again now after 25 years or something. Wow. And last year, she did uh, the axle again, the single axle again, after 25 years. She did the, 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 the axle again. And that was like one of those moments that was like, yes, I've never been so happy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's never too late. It's never too late to keep on skating and keep on competing also. That's what you want to do. And yes, it is never too late. Skaters, I hope this inspired you. Join me for the second part where we have a very honest and emotional chat about making a difference on someone's life, finding yourself through coaching and be as unique approach to bringing every skater's story to life on the ice. The second part is up on Saturday, so make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this to get the alert. In the meantime, you can have a look at Bea's wonderful skating and skaters on our Instagram account, Bea Harifield. 
You will find a link to her account on the description of this episode as well. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you soon.